0: I hope most of you guys are doing well and welcome to another episode of A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, where I'll be digging through my vinyl collection of about 500 records and my tiny brain of about 500 remaining brain cells and taking a light-hearted, laid-back and positive fanboys look at my favourite songs and bits of songs and artists that fall within a different and pointless set theme every episode. Choosing from any song part or artist that gives me joy as a listener or a slight norwegian wood as a musician it's not a countdown but i will leave my favorite choice for last this is just a bit of chilled unnecessary fun that hopefully inspires someone to buy a record listen to an old favorite album support a musician and check out some of this amazing shit that has formed the soundtrack of my life as a lot of people like to share their opinions these days, please let me know if you think that I have missed anything in my record collection that I know and that I like by sending me an email at I won't ever check this email at gofuckyourself.cockgoblin and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But seriously, if you do have any suggestions, you can hit me at suggestions at com or on Instagram, podcast. And if you dig what I'm doing, feel free to tell a friend or two, and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also visit a rabbithole.com for Spotify playlist of all the songs used in each episode, links to all the past episodes, and some other golden magic. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole Podcast. I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen. And here goes. Although I did most of this episode months ago, it was great timing that one of the old British royals dropped this past week, as this episode is a dig on some of my favourite songs and artists that have king or queen in their name and or a song title. But before we get into it, I want to quickly thank Tommy Quirk, Cathy Hinch for a review that still hasn't landed. Thanks, Tong, Chris Dash, Glenn Turtle Howard, Damo Fawkes for spreading the hole in Yorkshire, Commiserations on Your Queen's Husband, Charlie Kimpton, and Scott Hughes in Minnesota for spreading the hole as always. Thanks, pal. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Please rate and review the podcast. And here goes, episode 16, Kings and Queens. The obvious place to start is with the King of the Frontmen, Freddie Mercury. We mentioned March of the Black Queen in episode 15 and White Queen as it began in episode 5's Colours of the Irish Flag. Here's the band talking about Killer Queen. I
1: do remember having a slight reservation about Killer Queen and I remember thinking, are we kind of selling ourselves as something which has become very, very light? But every slice through that record is a perfect Vision. There's lots of little things which visit once only like the little bell of the symbol.
2: Dress, in she spoke just like a
3: felt a bit special. It was
4: very sophisticated, and it was
5: very Freddie.
4: As the albums have progressed, I mean, our sort of songwriting has progressed, and we sort of ventured into sort of different areas. B, I like writing different songs, you know. We don't like to sort of repeat the same formula.
0: A song that totally highlights how awesome John Deacon is on the bass. Killer Queen by Queen.
2: She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness middleman trying no, out to litigation minor back, And then again killer. incidentally She made that way you the guy she couldn't get, mysterious and precise. She's a killer, queen, gunfighter, jetty, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind.
0: also have a couple of good King titled songs too. I mentioned My Fairy King in episode 15 as I see it as a leg-stretching warm-up for Freddie to write Bohemian Rhapsody. here's a bit of The Great King Rat from Queen One, featuring some great cowbell action from Roger Taylor, would have felt right at home in Episode 7. My next choice was mentioned briefly in the last episode, Black and Blue Also, in reference to it mentioning Joni Mitchell's Blue Album. This is off an excellent album by John Mayer called Born and Raised, and here's John Mayer introducing the Queen of California.
6: This is a song that sort of
2: uh, brought me to that next world of songs that I discovered from listening to Bob Dylan and the band and Bill Young. Maybe I'll never be my own freestanding original artist, but I do enjoy writing love letters to music with my songs. Oh,
7: goodbye cold, goodbye rain, goodbye sorrow and goodbye shame. I'm heading out west with my headphones on, boarding a flat with a song. In Found out a course left town, the Queen of California is a steppin' down.
0: Another double banger like Queen earlier, a song by a band with King in their name, also with a song title with King in it. Here's Kings of Leon bass player Jared talking about meeting U2.
3: Small tour on our own and then after that we uh, we toured with U2 for a few months here in America and there were rumors that we were the only band that they wanted to play with on CD UK. We got to go backstage and meet the guys and they were really down to earth and really awesome. and. We talked to them for a long, a long while and they said something about like, we keep making great records that they would open up for us. And we all kind of laughed and I puked in my mouth a little bit because I was really nervous.
0: I absolutely love the frantic melody in the chorus of this one. It's one of my favorites. King of the Rodeo by Kings of Leon. song controversially reached number 2 in the UK in 1977 Sex Pistols God Save the Queen favourite song from Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses is the last track, Rocket Queen, as mentioned in episode 6, F-Bombs. I played the second half in episode 6 and I'm going to play it again as it rules. And in an attempt to stamp out bassism, keep one ear on Duff's super melodic bass line in this nugget, Rocket Queen, Guns N' Roses. I love great singer, great songs, and it's all a bit confusing though, as all of their albums are self-titled. They have four albums out as The Bronx, titled The Bronx, and two albums out as Mariachi El Bronx, titled Mariachi El Bronx. Mariachi El Bronx is The Bronx's rock slash mariachi hybrid. I know that mix sounds horrific, but it is really good. This is off their album I called Bling because it has a dude with necklaces on the front. Their Crab album, as I call it, is golden too. Absolutely love the line, everybody wants to be alone until they are alone. Poverty's king, Mariachi El Bronx.
2: Everything around me That feeds my flame The people that surround me It seems a matter out under I my mind I never figured Jesus for the jealous guy A stronger man will never know
0: Until alone. Next up, we have an early 90s classic with a great count-in that should have had a seat at the table in episode three, Count-Ins. Just a side point, the drummer Rob Hurst is a great singer, such an energetic and creative drummer, and he sings the bit in the chorus, Rain in the Valley Below. King of the Mountain, Midnight Oil.
8: to play at this little nightclub. In winter, it got quite cold there. They would take something that looked like a big garbage pail, half-filled with kerosene, light that fuel, set it in the middle of the dance floor, and that's what we used for heat in winter. Two guys started fighting one night, and one knocked the other one on this container. It was spilled on the floor. It looked like a river fire, and everybody started to run for the front door, including B.B. King but when I got on the outside I realized then that I'd left my guitar inside I went back for it the building was a wooden building and it started burning rapidly it started to fall in around me I almost lost my life trying to save my guitar and the next morning we found that these two guys was fighting fighting about a lady that worked in the little nightclub I never did meet her but I learned that her name was Lucille I named my guitar Lucille to remind me never to do a thing like that again. And that's the true story. That's how it happened.
0: That was B.B. King talking about his guitar, Lucille, and here's Lucille by B.B. King.
9: The sound that you're listening to is from my guitar that's named Lucille. I'm very crazy about Lucille. Lucille took me from the plantation... Oh, and you might say, brought me fame. I don't think I could just talk enough about Lucille. Sometime when I'm blue, it seems like Lucille try to help me call my name. I used to sing spirituals, and I thought that this was the thing that I wanted to do. Somehow or other, when I went in the army, I picked up on Lucille, started singing blues.
2: Well,
9: now when I'm paying my dues, maybe you don't know what I mean when I say paying dues. I mean when things are bad with me. I can always, I can always, you know, like, uh, depend on Lucille. sort of hard to talk to it myself. I guess I'll let Lucille say a few words and then... to bring out those funny sounds, that sound good to me, you all Sometime I get to places place where I can't even say nothing. Look out. Sometime I think it's crime.
0: Guitarists know of the three kings, BB King, Albert King and Freddie King, but I'm going to make it the Four Kings and add Marcus King. Just for reference, this is 2021 and Marcus King is just 24 and has released one solo album and three albums with the Marcus King band. I actually had tickets to see this guy, but it was cancelled due to this fucking pandemic. Here's a live solo version of One Day She's Here by Marcus King. great King guitarist singers is Freddie King with Have You Ever Loved a Woman? The last of the Blues Kings is the great Albert King. I missed his great nickname in episode 8 and 9, but standing at somewhere between 6 foot 7 and 6 foot 4, depending on the sources, Albert King was born Albert Nelson, but was also called the Velvet Bulldozer. Albert King was left-handed, but just turned the guitar up the other way and he never used the E-string. Here's the great man schooling another great man, Stevie Ray Vaughan, or as he calls him, Stephen, chatting to him like he's a schoolboy in a guitar lesson some lovely golden man warmth.
7: Stevie, I want you to pick up on these things. I know you can do it, see? You're qualified to do it. I want you to go ahead on and the most important thing, the better you get, the harder you work. You can't say, well, I got it made, I got enough. Don't do that. I oh, will. not That's a promise. That's a promise. You're going to be good than what you are. You're already pretty good. You're pretty good. But uh, you're going to be better. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be watching you and praying for you and be right there with that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Albert
0: King, born under a bad sign. Born
7: under a bad sign. I begin to crawl If it wasn't for bad luck I wouldn't have no luck at all Hard luck and trouble Is my only friend Been on my own Ever since I was ten Born on a bad side Been down since I begin to crawl one for bad luck, I will now No luck at all
0: BB King talking about the next guy that some call the king, not me, but some do. I want to talk
4: a little bit about the people you've known. You knew Elvis yes. before
8: he was big, yes, and you knew him after he was big, yes. Tell me about it. Um, Elvis was very shy when I first met him. When I first met him, was he, it Sun Studio? Where was Sun, it? Sun Studio in Memphis? There. Uh, um, Dewey Phillips was a disc jockey, yeah. and his brother Sam Phillips was on the right. st- station. So I used to go out to the studio, and my company that I worked for at the time would always contract Mr. Phillips to uh, let us in any time that we had something to record. and. Usually, Elvis would be there practicing a lot of times. He had yeah. several people, but at, at that time, he was a handsome guy, good looking. I didn't think too much about his playing or singing. I mean, he was okay, yeah, but. but I didn't see at that time what I saw later on. But he would talk and yeah. it was, you know. Was interested in your music? He would watch. He didn't ask questions a lot, but he, he would watch. Because
4: sometimes. a lot of people, when they heard
8: Elvis, thought he was black, didn't they? At first, yes. Yeah, I said he was playing black music. He's a white guy. Yeah, but see, at first music. he was playing more like rockabilly. He wasn't yeah. really getting into the things that he started to do later. But when he started to do that, then he started to turn heads, including mine. Yeah, did. So yes. what, what did you see then? After I saw he became... that he, was, he had everything the looks, he had the, the talent he had, had the rhythm, had the every, soul had everything, to me he had everything
0: Mystery Train by Elvis Presley Next up is two Melbourne bands with King in their names. First up is a band that have been together since 2010 and released 17 albums, including five in 2017. They are impossible to pop in a genre and they have released a metal album, an album that had four songs, all songs were 10 minutes and 10 seconds long, a spaghetti western type with narration and a heap of blended surf, garage, jazz fusion, progressive rock, jam rock music. As I said, they're impossible to pigeonhole but definitely a memorable name, King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. And here's a more mellow moment on their track, Work This Time. the melbourne king bands are the great kingswood these poor buggers released a great album juveniles in march 2020 and a few days later the world exploded with coronavirus which poses the question is kingswood responsible for covid not sure kingswood are playing at the palais in melbourne on june 5th 2021 so you should get around them here's track two's vocal harmony magic from the album juveniles bittersweet by kingswood One more King artist is a lady who actually played some keyboards on a B.B. King album in 1970. In those days, you could be a kid, as Carol was, 16 years old, coming from Brooklyn, and go into 1650 Broadway or into the Brill Building. One of the two buildings that people think of when they're talking about the Brill Building sound in Times Square, that used to be where the Tin Pan Alley songwriters came in the 20s to sell their songs.
3: You could walk in and they had a piano in the room and you'd sit down and you'd play and they'd go, that's great, kid. I'll take that song, here's $25. And I was in the waiting room and there was this kid there. She looked like she was about 15 15 years old in jeans. And I started to talk with her. And I thought to myself, God, this this girl is so confident. And I said to myself, if this girl has talent, she's gonna be a huge star. And it happened to be Carol. She was simply being paid to write songs
0: for top groups that needed songs, because in those days there were very few singer-songwriters. That phenomenon had not yet really occurred. It was made to order songwriting. You know, you were either writing for a specific artist, or you were writing a song that the publisher you were working for would go out and shop to various singers. You know, there was a a breakdown uh, in those days between who wrote the song and who sang it. Carol King's album Tapestry has sold 25 million copies and was number one in the US for 15 weeks, stayed in the charts there for nearly six years, and won four Grammys. I may have missed Carol in episode eight and nine's name changes as she was born Carol Joan Klein. Carol King, I feel the earth move. Thing, talking about the writing of this next song.
10: Well, I enjoyed that. I was in Jamaica and i was looking at the the sun one day, and uh, I noticed some sunspot activity. And the following conversation took place with with my significant other, Trudy. who was it was suffering me at the time. <laughs> and I, I wrote down the conversation. I find it in my journal here. Um, I say, there's a little black spot on the sun today. And, Trudy waits expectantly for the payoff, and I say,
4: that's my soul up there. And Trudy
7: lifts her eyes to heaven and goes, there he goes again, the king of
9: pain. So when I saw the black hat and the tree and the flag, there was no stopping
2: me, you know.
0: Super funny, Matt Berry, who is Stephen Toast from the great show, Toast of London.
6: The brightest in his year at Ryder. Trot out one of the best Henry V this fella's ever seen. All going well for him. Then he bursts onto the
10: television, clutching his guts in a laxative ad. Then, good night, sweetheart. Don't
0: and he's also Douglas Renham, son of Denham Renham from the IT crowd.
10: You there, computer man. Fix my pants. Beg your pardon? Pull down my trousers and do your job.
0: Talking about and interviewing our next Queen band, Queens of the Stone Age, when visiting the band's studio.
6: This, I'm told, is the band's workshop where they store their instruments and look like they mend their guitars over there. It's a bit of a mess, um, but that's what you should be looking at. That's right, Matt. That's a lot of guitars up there. You might say it's a guitarred amount of guitars, but I'm here with John, who is the lead singer. I mean yeah, Josh, Josh, who is the lead singer of the band Queens of the Stone Age. And uh, this, I imagine, is where you record all of your music, is it? Yeah, I'm uh, most most of the music. Um, we spend a lot of time here. I, I spend a lot of time here. So, is this is this your room? Yeah, um, we record in here. I've been uh, I'm staying here. I've got to say, some of this stuff looks shit. I mean, is it is it, have you have you kept this for sort of, you know, sentimental yeah. reasons? Is this like your grandfather's or something? But no, why this well, I just uh, does it work? Answer. No, no. That one works, and then the rest, no. Was um, that fairly cheap? Uh, I th- normally it would be, yeah, but I, I think I overpaid this a little bit. This stuff is crap. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's. I think it's probably, you're probably right. But you know, like I said, I'm no expert. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually not either. But but I. But these over if, if you. I, yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. How many people are in this band? Why would have you heard? Well, there's about 50 guitars. Well, those are mostly um, other people's. We do a little storage thing here too. It's not going well. And we're stood on where the drums would be. Is that right? Yeah. They would be. Now it's uh, mostly just, just dogs. Yeah. So do you play the drums here? Oh, man.
0: Queens of the Stone Age, first it giveth. It's very hard to do an episode with the topic Kings and Queens without mentioning this next song. Super daggy and fun, but such a well-crafted pop song.
11: Our aim was to give as much music as possible for, for the money. So, so these arrangements are uh, very complicated and a lot of things going on. You always start with the drums and then there's a track with percussion on it. bass track. They always mix in this order. And then there's guitar and another guitar. Pianos.
1: Dancing Queen was their biggest hit and a defining moment in the ABBA story. The world had been given its first unforgettable slice of Eurodisco kitsch and a chorus that managed to rhyme Queen with 17 and tambourine.
11: The girls' voices are essential to the sound, of course, because they had these extremely uh, compatible voices because Agneta was very punchy and Frida had this hi-fi quality to it, because it was both very bright and very soft, bassy in itself. So, so they were very complementary to each other, these two voices. Sometimes when they sang in unison, Anietta perhaps going down a little
9: and,
12: and Frida struggling to get up to her, uh, there was a certain sound to it, it was amazing.
2: Having the time of your life. Ooh, see that girl watch that scene Dig
8: in the dancing queen It's a lot of hooks in that song like when you sing the, the verse and you go
5: da 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 da
8: you know every little thing uh, is in its right is in the right place
0: Have to put a Beatles song in every episode. Well,
13: the next track in the medley is the Sun King song. Um, That's where we would pretend to be Fleetwood Mac for a few minutes. <laughs> And then you get into a sort of a language thing, which I couldn't figure out if it was uh, some type of... Uh, oh, it's card, sort of you know. Uh, yeah. See, we did the, the introductions, we call it a sun riff, you know, the little instrumental bit that's like Fleetwood Mac, but before we start singing. Then we did it again on the end, so when we came to sing it, to make them different, you know, so it wasn't just the same riff, we just started joking, you know, sing cuando para mucho. So we just made up... Paul knew a few uh, Spanish words from school, you know. So we just strung any Spanish words that sounded vaguely like something. And, of course, we got Chica and that's a Liverpool expression, just like sort of, it doesn't mean anything, but, you know, it's like, mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> The one we missed, we should have had paranoia, you know, <laughs> but we <laughs> forgot all about it. We used to call ourselves Lost Paranoias. <laughs> and um, so then, what... You know, was the sort of any idea behind Sun King? Is there any sort of symbolism or is it just... No, no, it happens? was just a, a half a song I had, which I never finished, which was one way of getting rid of it without ever finishing it, you know. And it sort of, you know, the, the sort of medley went and then we sort of wanted a change of atmosphere. So then here comes the Sun King, you know, why not? And here he comes and everybody's happy and... Condo para mucho, etc. Et yeah, okay. we might get hit with that in those countries, you know, if they take it off separate. <laughs> that could be, could be a smash in Brazil. Yeah, know. right. <laughs> the Sun King. And Cake and Eat it is another nice, nice line, too. Because <laughs> they have that in Spanish, quejan or something, but we just have quejan eat it. Okay, well, we'll hear the track now called Sun King.
0: Check out George Harrison's beautiful guitar intro, and if you're listening in headphones, listening to the left and right panning of the guitar, it's so cool. Sun King, The Beatles. the last of my choices before I get to my favourite, but I do want to include a funny, crazy or interesting story in each episode about one of the songs or artists, and today's story is about God Save the Queen by Sex Pistols.
5: It's an intelligent song. It's a lament for Britain. It's really sad. It's a really tragic... If if someone like um, Philip Larkin had wrote it and put it in a poetry book, they'd say, yes, that's a very astute piece of work.
10: In the 1970s, strikes had led to blackouts and a three-day working week. Rubbish piled up on the streets, while Northern Ireland was being ripped apart. With Britain in recession, no future was a song for the times. But with the Royal Jubilee looming, Malcolm McLaren realised a quick name change would turn it into the song of the decade journalist mick o'shea has written two books on the sex pistols and remembers the canny decision to change the name
1: getting them to change it to god save the queen i it's on there that's a god-given opportunity i'm going to give you headlines that money won't buy
10: just six months before god save the queen shocked the nation the sex pistols were almost unheard of outside london but then a three minute interview on regional TV shot them onto almost every front page in the country.
1: The catalyst that launched the Sex Pistols into sort of the out there was their appearance on Bill Grundy show on the 1st of December 1976.
2: Are you, uh... When
10: interviewer Bill Grundy seemed to make a pass at Susie Sue, one of the Pistols followers, the band went off the rails. I always wanted
7: to meet you. Did you
13: really? Yeah. We'll meet afterwards, shall we? <laughs> What a boy. What a Well, that's it
10: for tonight. <laughs> Watching from the BBC was the future head of Radio 1, Johnny Beerling. Go
13: on, you've got another five seconds. Say something
1: outrageous.
4: When he'd urged them to be outrageous, they complied. And I think, quite frankly, a lot of people within the BBC were sort of disgusted by this attitude of spitting at the audience and gobbing and generally sort of using outrageous language.
10: As a publicity stunt, it worked the next morning, the Sex Pistols were national news. Four months later, they signed a contract with A&M Records in front of Buckingham Palace to release the soon-to-be infamous God Save the Queen. God Save the
2: Queen she ain't
10: within a few days, the band had lost their contract after a fight with BBC DJ Bob Harris. Allegedly, because of the fight, the record company sacked the band and destroyed the remaining 25,000 copies of God Save the Queen. With no recording contract and the Queen's Jubilee just weeks away, it looked like the band's marketing opportunity would be lost. But then in stepped a young entrepreneur Richard Branson, whose record label Virgin and High Street Record Shops were taking over the music industry.
1: Richard didn't chuck any vast amounts of money at him and just said, you know, if you want that single out, you sign there. Because it was the time frame. If we don't get it out before June, like might as well just call it No Future again and just stick it on the album. Realising they had no choice, the band signed.
10: With the jubilee just around the corner record sales soared and that's when it's claimed the problem started
5: the timing of that single coming out was seen as offensive um i mean i'm old enough to have walked down streets which were covered in union jacks and bunting and tables laid out uh, then to have this song emerge which meant i was a teenager and i think many of us thought great we're, you know it's a good teenage piece of terrorism you know we're going to upstage the party and who better than the Sex Pistols this grubby unwashed bunch of oiks to come out and ruin it for everybody
10: but not everyone felt the same and the BBC immediately banned the single
4: I mean the the attitude there was that this is a record that is offensive to an awful lot of people and we won't play it on the grounds of bad taste so it was
10: banned yeah Once the BBC banished it from their airwaves, almost every independent radio station followed suit and refused to play it. Worse, many councils refused to let the pistols play in their town, and few record shops were prepared to stop the single. (laughs) Refusing to be defeated, Branson and McLaren once again turned to shock tactics.
1: Markham hit the idea, well, let's have them going down the Thames on a boat, playing live. And when they hit... The houses of parliament, let God save the Queen. But
10: instead, police stormed the boat and arrested Malcolm McLaren, among others, for breach of the peace. In June 1977, the Sex Pistols' anti-anthem, God Save the Queen, was storming up the charts and threatening to take the top spot in the week of the Silver Jubilee. But despite record sales figures, the song never got to number one. Music journalist Mick O'Shea believes this was because the BBC conspired to rig the charts to stop the Sex Pistols hitting number one during the Queen's 25th anniversary celebrations. His accusation is that in doing this, the BBC could then avoid playing the track on national television. The
1: BBC's flagship music show, Top of the Pops, always played the number one at the end of the week. Be it pants people dancing to it, or whatever, the band in the studio or a video, it always got played.
10: Simon Wells is also convinced the BBC had to find a way of keeping the pistols off Top of the Pops as
5: the number one band that week. Other than having a blank spot, which had never happened in Top of the Pops' history, Um, they decided that it was probably a better idea to go with Rod Stewart's second best-selling song um, and make that number one, just to save any embarrassment. But could the charts really have been rigged
10: in this way? The top 40 was compiled from sales returns gathered from the major record shops around the country, including Richard Branson's Virgin Stores, one of the few shops to stock the band Sex Pistols Single. Only in this particular week, music journalist, Mick O'Shea believes there was a
1: deliberate oversight. And that's where the BBC were very snide. What they did do that week and just that one week only, they purposely dropped all the Virgin Records shops. Any shop that had any connection to Virgin Records who didn't take their returns that week. Rod Stewart's
10: first cut is the deepest was at number one the week before with the Sex Pistols chasing it at number two.
1: Branson's always maintained that the suits at the British Phonographic Institute colluded with the British Market Research Bureau. And his argument was backed up by CBS because CBS distributed both singles. And they told him, we couldn't keep with demand for the pistol. He's right selling Rod Stewart two to one. For former head of
10: Radio One, Johnny Beerling, the theory that sales could have been ignored to prevent the Sex Pistols reaching number one is simply ridiculous. No, there was
4: no way in which the BBC could rig the charts. We were the official broadcaster and it was compiled by the British Market Research Bureau, BMRB. So we didn't have any influence in how that chart was arrived at.
10: Billing also claims that had the record reached number one, the BBC would have dealt with it the same way as they had with other offensive singles in the past. Going back to
4: uh, Je by Serge Ginsburg and Jane Birkin we played an instrumental version of the thing without the, the heavy breathing which is quite interesting
10: if there ever was a conspiracy to keep the Sex Pistols off the number one spot four decades later things had changed <laughs> Suddenly, Johnny Rotten's snarling voice was deemed acceptable and the music of the Sex Pistols helped open the Olympic Games in the very presence of Her Majesty.
0: Let's take a short break and quickly recap the magic before I get to my favourite King or Queen song. Recapping
7: Queen of California is stepping down.
2: Calder, the 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 good time, the good the 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 me
7: I feel the earth move on the feet
9: it's from my guitar that's named Lucille
0: My favourite for this episode is a little bit off the beaten track, but it's from a movie which I think is a comedy masterpiece. This is the song that the Prince's aide sings to accompany the Prince's arranged wife into a huge hall for them to see each other for the first time. Queen to be, from Coming to America.
12: She's your queen to be a vision of perfection, an object of affection to quench your royal fire complete.
6: Your penis is clean, Your
13: Highness. Her Majesty, take one. Oh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Two. Her Majesty's... (coughs) Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day want to tell her that I love her a lot But I gotta get a belly full of wine My man, she's a pretty nice girl Someday i want to make her mine Oh yeah, someday i want to make
0: her mine Thanks so much for listening And thanks to Rob Dean at Finish Him Studios for the podcast Diddies And Patty Cummings at Fingerprint Audio And a huge, heartfelt fuck you to the scum that stole Patty's bass amp and pedals May you join Prince Philip soon
13: Pretty nice girl.
0: Please share, rate, and review the podcast if you're digging it. It takes two seconds to do the rating, and it's super helpful for me to spread the hole for others to enter. Let me know if I missed anything or could do anything better by emailing me at this is not a real email address at self at jbhi-fi forward slash cockgoblin.wikipedia.cock with a K. And I'll get back to you as soon as I've learnt how to knit. Now, nah, but seriously, if you do want to hit me up, you can get me on Facebook and Instagram, A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole Podcast, or check out the website, ARockAndRollRabbithole.com. The website also has Spotify playlists of all the songs used in each episode, all the past episodes and some other golden magic. To end the podcast when I can, I'm going to add an example of the topic from a lesser known band or artist. And this week features a champion, Simon Phillips.
13: I want to tell
0: her that I love her a lot, but I- Simon is one of the most talented humans living in Humanville. Check out the Golden Magic tab on the Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole website to hear Simon's inspiring TED Talk discussing the plight of musicians commerce in the digital age, and he also demonstrates and explains the origins of his amazing full band sounding 100% live solo act. Simon has great songs, a great voice, and is a nice guy and the ladies love him. I want to punch him in the throat sometimes for being so talented, but I shall refrain. Check out the Victims tab on the website to check out a handful of Simon's great songs backed by his great band, Gaz Bowen, Owen Downey Jr., Sab the Bullet Queen on sax and Brendan Suey. Once again, thanks heaps for listening and I'll be back next week with some more fluff. And in the meantime, here's Simon Phillips with Martin Luther King. Thank you. See ya.
3: Down in Alabama seat The people did things separately The blacks had jack and the whites were free And that was how it went And the public buses saw degraded Blacks cause seats were segregated And the black seats had to be separated From white seats up the front And so if you were black you had to sit Up the back in the Negro a bit And you all just had to deal with it And it wasn't too much fun so one day, a black woman climbed aboard. She sat in a white seat, front and forth And the driver thought it could be ignored, so he pulled up by her side. He said, You ain't allowed to sit there, ma'am. She said, Well, that boy, I believe I am, and I'm gonna sit here to make her stand okay. So the strength of public law was tested. This little woman was arrested for a law that she protested, and so it all began. With asked why she was solid as oak She turned and laughed with a startled choke I just couldn't go back to face my folk After such a demeaning task Step out of your house And walk out into the sunshine Understand that the land that you stand on Is yours and mine For many, this just hit the spot They thought they'd plan a mass boycott Where no blacks would ride the bus full stop Until something had changed They had to make the effort win So they summoned the public leader in A doctor by the name of King was called And he led the campaign to a rumble Blacks all walked without a mumble Bus companies began to crumble sadly more than a year the boycott went on no one else had walked to work for this long but King and his peaceful protesters were strong and unshakable step out of your house and walk out into the sunshine understand that the land that you stand on is yours and mine step out of your house and walk out into the sunshine, we'll understand that the land that you stand on is yours and mine, and then King was arrested in his car for speeding, for he'd been caught on the road exceeding, the limit by five miles an hour and pleaded guilty to such a terrible crime. And then one day he's returning home. To find a bomb and his front's been thrown And the white wing cobbled said I'm not. Luckily no one's hurt. But on his yard, they wait's a crowd. And they're voicing their opinions that revenge will make our people proud, they say. But he summons them and asks for silence. But this cannot be solved with violence. We must rise above these tyrants' ways stored to temper strong and violent retaliations wrong This can only work as long as we all do the same Without the crowd slowly dispersed For this was a political first And rarely has an iron burst tonight And they marveled at his integrity For his daughter was inside, you see And she escaped the blast and I it that day King fought on and won the case Public buses were integrated Apartheid rules slowly faded away Step out of your house And walk out into the sunshine Understand that the land that you stand on Is yours and mine Step out of your house and walk out into the sunshine. Understand that the land that you stand on is yours and mine. The royal penis is clean, your
2: highness.